This is Viterbi Voices, your chance to hear stories about research, classes, student life, and more. Directly from our students, faculty, and other members of our engineering community. All right here at the USC Viterbi School of Engineering. Hey everyone, welcome back into Viterbi Voices. This is episode 127. 127. As usual, I'm one of your hosts. My name is Paul Ledesma and I'm the Director of Undergraduate Admission here at the USC Viterbi School of Engineering. And my name is Audrey Roberts. I'm a junior studying mechanical engineering here at USC. And Audrey, I'm, I'm sorry. I went and feel, I, feel <laughs> like, I feel so bad. I, I went and recorded a podcast without you. That's okay. It's okay. I'll forgive you. I'm sorry. So uh, I, I grabbed our staff here, uh, all of the admission people, and the topic of the podcast, which I'm sure people are listening to now because of the title, it's How to Get Admitted and Other FAQs. Wow. Right? Real attention grabber. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, so Michael immediately comes in and goes like, uh, well, we way to get that clickbait in there. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> but we, we wanted to sit down and go over our frequently asked questions that we get. We've been on the road lately. We get a lot of emails. We're getting a lot of phone calls. Uh, our, our chat, uh, we have an online kind of chat client on our website. It's getting hit consistently with so many questions. So we basically got together, went over some stories that we had, uh, and, uh, you know, answered as many questions as we could as for students that are applying into the process. So hopefully that's helpful. What, what do you think is one of the most frequently asked questions? Um, I think people ask a lot, like what ACT score do I mm-hmm. need? What GPA do I need? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a really cool part about USC is that, a lot, you can tell just as a student here that a lot of the kids here, maybe that wasn't, they didn't have a 36, but they were an amazing musician. Mm-hmm. So um, that's a really cool part about it for me is maybe those things don't matter the most out of everything. Mm-hmm. It's more holistic. Whoa, spoiler alert. Whoa. Really? Whoa, oh what's up, spoiler alert? You, you weren't even in the conversation. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah, we cover scores. We cover all those things. And also as a plug ahead of time, we'll discuss it at the back end. If you have not, registered to attend our Viterbi Expo at Discover USC. It's coming up on Saturday, November 16th. If you're in the area, in the LA area, Saturday, November 16th is a huge day, campus-wide open house called Discover USC. At the engineering school here, we have what's called the Viterbi Expo, hashtag Viterbi Expo. And that is a big day, lab tours, uh, faculty doing micro-seminars. I'll be giving talks about admission and the engineering school. And we'll have hundreds and hundreds of students here displaying their projects, uh, talking about their experiences here, and getting to know uh, everyone as you go through this process. So Saturday, November 16th, go to viterbiadmission.usc.edu slash expo. But without further ado, let's get into how to get admitted and other FAQs. So, um, I would say we should get started with, um, the worst student you've ever met. (laughs) Define worst. (laughs) I'm kidding. Uh, why don't, why don't we start with introductions? Who is everybody? We'll go around the table. Sure. So I'm Michael Cox. I'm one of the assistant directors here in the undergraduate office of admission for the Viterbi School of Engineering. Michael Cox on a microphone is unlike anything else you've ever heard. Okay, Rodney. (laughs) Hi, I'm Michael Cox. I like to uh, speak with a very soft ASMR way. Okay. (laughs) Putting you on a a microphone is a bad idea. (laughs) All right, Michael. Great. Thank you. The the soft, sensuous voice coming from microphone four. Okay. (laughs) 
In a much higher voice. Uh, my name is Stacy Badger. I'm also the Assistant Director of Undergraduate Admission here at USC Viterbi. Hi, I'm Becky Biter, and I'm the Associate Director of Undergraduate Admission at Viterbi. Okay, so I, I thought we would get together because we're in the height of the application season right now, and there are so many things happening. Number one, we all just finished a number of different trips where we were traveling and speaking with students on the road about this process, or basically a recruitment season, for lack of a better term, talking about the engineering school, talking about the application process and admission to USC and admission to the engineering school. And we're getting lots of emails every day. We have our chat bot where we're answering live on our website every day. I think we've got like at least six today that we're in on that. Um, and we are getting phone calls and we're meeting a lot of students on campus as they're learning more about the application process. So I thought this would be a perfect time to have a podcast episode entitled how to get admitted and other frequently asked questions. <laughs> so uh, I know that you all have some, some great stories of, of what we've been doing, not only here on campus, but on the road about different you know scenarios that have come up, how students have been asking questions, what their thought processes are about it. And um, really just hand it off to you guys and we can have a discussion about what are the types of questions that we're getting and uh, how do we, how do we end up, you know, answering those and how do we help our podcast listeners know the answer to these questions? Sure. Yeah. First off this title, not clickbaity at all. (laughs) (laughs) Step-by-step guide. How to get admitted. Guaranteed to get admitted. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't say that. You just did. Yeah, this is true. I'm editing (laughs) on the fly. (laughs) Don't ever use the G word, Michael. Yeah. Yeah, Never guaranteed. All right. So what are some questions? Well, so I just came off a trip to Minneapolis and Chicago. So shout out to all the students that I saw there. How was it? Uh, it was great. Um, we had some really good students there with some really great questions. Um, Chicago was a really uh, large program. Um, so I got to meet a lot of students there. But one question that came up multiple times, and this is fresh on my mind because it was Sunday, two days mm-hmm. ago, um, were students who came up to my table and said, I'm thinking about engineering but I'm going to start in another major in biology or neuroscience or something because I don't know if I want to do engineering. So I'm going to start one of those other majors. How do I transfer in? You guys, we get this question all the time, right? All yep. the time. Yep. Um, and so my response, and you guys jump in with, with any answers, is if you don't know whether you want to do engineering but you're thinking about it, you're probably an engineer. Because for the rest of us who are not engineers, that thought never, ever crossed our mind to apply to engineering. Right. And if you're thinking about engineering but you're not sure, I recommend that you start in engineering because after a semester of engineering classes, you are going to know whether you want to continue or not. If you start in something else, at the end of that first semester, you're still not going to know whether you want to be an engineer because you still haven't taken any engineering courses. And so, uh, yeah, my recommendation, start in engineering, see if you like it, and if not, switch out. I I definitely agree with that. And I think with the way USC works too – going from engineering to biology is a much easier process than going from biology to engineering as well. Um, Since I know a lot of students that I've been traveling with also um, have that same question and going through what we call the pre-engineering process of basically taking classes for about a year um, and seeing if you do well in those engineering classes um, is basically the process of reapplying to, to Viterbi. You're not applying in the sense of the way you are your first year applicant, but um, there is a whole other process of actually going from outside of engineering into engineering that that's a little more complicated. Yeah. I, I think this question comes up in so many forms because 
one, there's this idea of like student not being sure about engineering. And so I think that's definitely been handled. If you're, if you're, if you're not sure that's fine. And that's why we've developed our curriculum to give you engineering, um, immediately when you start here so that you can understand what it's about and decide whether you like it or not. Um, but this also comes up from this idea of strategizing the application process, meaning that they think that it's more difficult to be admitted to engineering than it is to something else at USC. And this tends to come from other engineering schools because they've, uh, if they're applying to a number of engineering schools, most of those universities are, are consistently telling their students, Oh, it's harder to get in here. So you might want to apply to a different major and then come into engineering later, which is what that's kind of the formula of that question. Like, so I'm going to start in biology and then I'm going to make my way over to biomedical engineering. And that's just completely wrong. And if a student does that, they're actually hurting themselves in this process. And I, and the thing that I've discussed a lot recently is that the bad news about USC is that it is just plain hard to get admitted to USC. It doesn't matter what major you put down by putting down one of our engineering disciplines as your first choice major on the application that does not affect your chances of admission to USC. It just makes sure that us in the engineering school are involved in the review of the application and that we can actually admit you to engineering. If you don't put down one of the engineering disciplines as your first choice major, then we are unable to admit you to engineering, and that seems like the wrong way to go. We do have a pre-engineering process for students that find themselves at USC and they want to work their way into engineering, but it will take up to an additional year, and that's not something that we want to advise students to do, especially when our curriculum starts day one with introductions to these disciplines to learn more about it. So make sure that you're listing engineering as your first choice major on the application. We also recommend that on your second choice major for USC, that you, if you're going to list anything, which you don't have to, it's optional, that you list something outside of engineering. Uh, if so, maybe if in this particular student's case, if they are related to life sciences and they think want to put biomedical engineering down as their first choice major, then biology, biological sciences, human biology, whatever it's going to be, that could be a fantastic option for the second choice major. Because if we are unable to admit, the that student will still be considered for their second choice major or for the university at large. So we get a lot of students that we're worried about this. Yeah, and I think just stressing that the way USC does its, its admission process is no matter what you put down as your first choice major or your second choice major, you can still be admitted to the university as undecided. So those majors that you choose to put down um, will not hurt your chances of admission to USC as, in a, as a whole um, or in general. And so put down what you're interested in because then your short answer questions and all your supplemental information that you submit will support those interests and, and that makes for a better application. Yeah. Do you get a lot of these, Michael? I do. Yeah. And I think that the reason why we get a lot of these is because in most students' high school curriculum, they don't have engineering classes. Mm -hmm. And so they get uh, experience in biology or they get experience in math or, or other uh, STEM courses and they don't take any engineering classes, which is totally understandable. So I think it's just something that uh, I've had to emphasize to students is that if you're good at math and science, you're going to enjoy engineering because it's applying those concepts in a creative way to solving problems in the real world. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I just encourage students to give it a shot, see yeah. what happens. And the only way you're really going to know if engineering is right for you is if you try it out. Um, but I think that a lot of these questions come from just a little bit of uh, timidness, just feeling like, okay, well, I don't have experience in engineering uh, and we just have to remind students no one does. A lack of certainty. Yeah. Yeah. And that uh, reminds me of a student I met in Chicago who actually goes to an arts high school and she was so nervous when she came up and talked to me because she's like, I'm, I'm at an arts high school. All I do is dance and art and music and, you know, all these fields that have nothing to do with engineering. I don't even know if this is the right place for me. And I said, you're perfect. You're yeah. creative. Yeah. You have ideas. 
you want to do engineering, just apply and see if it works out. Um, and we have a lot of students who are doing things like that, who are majoring in engineering and minoring in dance or minoring in theater, who have artistic backgrounds, who did not go to a STEM high school or did not have STEM programs. And they are doing fabulous in their yeah. engineering program here. As a matter of fact, it was, I think it was two or three episodes ago in this podcast, the uh, title of it was From Art School to Engineering School, where Cami <laughs> and Audrey, because they're both <laughs> from yeah, art schools, talked about, host this podcast. Yeah, to, to talk to, talk about this idea of uh, we came from non-engineering backgrounds in high school and I always remind students who, who has an engineering background coming out of high school. I mean, there are some exactly. students that are hardcore yeah. and they have been building crazy things, but that's that's a minority. And, and uh, most students, that, especially the ones that are going to be good in engineering, just math and science. Uh, I think it's important to note that we do have certain things that we need in our application process uh, that we need to understand their preparation, and that's rigorous math and science courses regardless of the school that they go to. So whatever the highest levels of rigor are for math and science, we want to see that and we want to see success in that. Specifically with mathematics, we do need to see at least a year of calculus uh, that uh, with, with strong grades. Um, and I got asked earlier today, "What is a strong grade?" Uh, <laughs> like I was speaking code, like we weren't going to ex- like. <laughs> and she's uh, the mom asked. Um, so does that mean only A pluses, or does that mean only A's? You won't accept A minuses. And I was like, A's and B's. A's and B's are strong. C's are not strong. Like I, I think that makes sense. And she's like, "Okay, I just want to make sure." that that wasn't like code for anything, like only a certain <laughs> grade. So doing well, A's and B's. Um, and obviously, A's are better than B's. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and with science, that we have four years of, of rigorous science. We don't have a specific prescription uh, per se for for science courses, but just that you've done well and, and whatever sounds interesting to you and whatever's available to you at your school. Um, but yeah, we, we, we do need to see those things in order to understand the preparation for the engineering curriculum. What else? What other questions we got? Well, that actually just reminded me of one is uh, students will say, well, I got interested in engineering late, like maybe junior, senior year. And I think this just really goes back to uh, the baseline requirements that you've Mm -hmm. taken calculus, that you have some math and science. Right. Um, But what I usually do for students or what I usually tell them if they have that question, you know, I got interested late is that, you know, that's really common. Uh, everybody does yeah Yeah. it's not as if they were in eighth grade or they were 10 years old and they've known that they've wanted to be an engineer for a very (laughs) very long time Uh, most of the time it's something that they start thinking about late because the college application process turns out to be right around the corner and they think what do i want to do with the rest of my life yeah um and i mean if it's a case where you weren't taking the most rigorous math and science courses because you didn't uh, think about planning ahead for becoming an engineer and, and meeting those requirements. Um, as long as you're taking calculus, you're fine. Uh, but when it comes to not maybe taking advantage of all the different math and science courses that you have available or taking advantage of extracurriculars or something like that, just let us know. We have an additional information section mm-hmm. in the application. You can just speak directly to an admissions counselor through that section and just tell your story there and uh, it might even come up into the personal essay but there are different ways in the application that you can express to us you know this just this idea came to me a little bit later than it may have for other people i would also specify the grand majority of students tend not to get super interested in engineering or think about it as a as a possibility um until these later years because that's when these advanced math and science classes start to like open up that world to them and so they don't uh, if, if they feel like that's an important part of their identity, that they feel like it's it's come late to them and they want to explain that, great. But they don't 
they don't need to in the application in the application they don't need to explain when engineering came to them sure. that's not an important part so only if it's a worry of theirs or something that they feel is an important element of who they are Hey, y'all, sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know that we have a number of campus visit programs available to you right now. If you want to check out what campus is like, if you want to learn more about the Viterbi School of Engineering, go to viterbi.link slash visit. That's V-I-T-E-R-B-I dot link slash visit, where you can learn about our Viterbi visit experiences that happen on most Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. We have some virtual events that happen on occasional weekdays and occasional Saturdays. Plus, we have some transfer virtual admission sessions where you can learn all about how to get those courses ready for transferring. We want to meet you. We will have lots of opportunities to do it and it's happening all summer long but get your registration in now at viterbi.link slash visit hope to see you soon um i kind of want to touch on what paul said about the mom asking if you were talking in code oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um she's very polite about it by the way i'm no i'm sure i'm sure and i think a lot of students and parents think that uh, we are talking in code, which we're not. We're very upfront. We're very honest about the process and, and how we do file review. Um, but also that kind of uh, leans over towards, is there a formula to get in? Oh, yeah. That's a question I get. What should I be involved in to get in? Um, if you're asking... How to get admitted and other yeah. FAQs. <laughs> <laughs> if you are asking in October of your senior year, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of too late to add new things. Um, you definitely can if something comes across your plate that you want to get involved in. Um, but there's no formula in how to get in. There's no get involved in these three student organizations, be the president of this club, and you're admitted. That's that's not how it works. Um, so, you know, just be involved in the things that you have a passion for, be involved in the things that you really want to do, and then be involved 100% in those. And, th- and that's what we're looking for, um, which kind of goes back to the lines if your school doesn't have a robotics team then you can't be involved in one if you're or maybe you don't want to get involved in robotics but you're really involved in other aspects of your high school um we're just looking for involvement in something you know leadership in some things um but yeah there there is no formula you know there's no write your essay on this and be involved in these three student orgs and you'll you'll get in or kind of a different version of that which is uh oh does being involved in stem related activities uh give me a bonus uh point bonus points on my application that's another version of that same question. There's no, there's no point tallying <laughs> for reviewing files. Yes, yes, yes. But is it better? Like, do you do you look for that? Is it better? Well, that's what Becky. We've talked about this before. How some students come to you and they expect it to be a quantitative process of applying, and it's it's really not. Mm-hmm. Um, and with engineers being quantitative people, um, mm-hmm. sometimes they they want to know all of the the points they can make that will definitely get them admitted. But it's just not not that way. Uh, my answer to a lot of questions time when students do those things is it depends and that's not <laughs> their favorite answer, but that's sometimes the answer that, that right. it is. Right. I mean, an engineer is perspective engineer. A lot of times is looking for as a number of us are, uh, give me the spreadsheet, give me the columns, give me the values. What do I need to understand? How do I need to, how do, how do I get an A in this class? And this is not just an engineering thing. This is a current high school student that is focused on getting good grades and that they know how to, navigate that educational environment to create the best possible GPA. And unfortunately, there's no grade in this process. There's no winning formula to get admitted. And um, ultimately, what we're trying to understand through our application is what are all the elements that make you, uh, you? And what have you been spending time 
doing? Is that band? Cool. Is that robotics? Awesome. Is that math team? Sweet. Is that a part-time job? Great. Is it that you have a number of volunteer commitments that you're involved in? Are you super involved in faith-based activities? Um, I think what's important is that your application seeks to understand who you are and what you do inside and outside the classroom. Inside the classroom, that's pretty clear. It's what classes have you taken, what grades have you gotten. And we can back that up with some correlative information of of standardized test scores, um, SAT or ACT. But beyond that, everything else is just filling out answers to questions. What's important is is that you're doing something outside the classroom. And something is always better than nothing. And so if the answer was, well, I wasn't doing anything and now I'm doing robotics, well, that's way better. <laughs> Is it I quit my, my 10 years of baseball to join the robotics team? That's probably a bad idea <laughs> because you probably enjoyed it and that was important to you and that still has value. And I don't think that captain of the cheerleading squad versus captain of the football team versus captain of the robotics team, I don't think any of those have higher or, or lesser va- greater or lesser value. Uh, and that in, in essence, when we're looking to admit students, We're not looking to admit one of those over anyone else, but more specifically, we probably need all three of those types of personalities if you wanted to boil it down to those three elements to fill our classrooms because we're not looking for well-rounded individuals. We're not looking for very specific engineering STEM-focused individuals necessarily. We're looking to build a well-rounded class that brings together lots of different types of individuals to really create a, a, a whole that's greater than the sum of its parts that they're going to be part of teams, that they're all going to contribute in different ways. And sometimes there's going to be the people that were all focused on robotics, and then there's going to be the, the drum major from the from the band. And, and that's, that's awesome. And, but I, I think that their application probably tells us a lot more about them. And I think that's why it's important to remind students that they're applying to an undergraduate program. They're not yeah. applying to a PhD program. <laughs> that's a good point. If we, were, good point. if we were admitting to a PhD program, we would be looking for basically the exact same student over and over again. They're really heavily involved in research. You know, they're superstar uh, engineers with tons of experience, and uh, we're looking for the same sort of person. Yeah, you know, maybe they're doing more specific to a very specific research area, right. not even just a discipline. Right. It, it is the exact opposite for undergraduate admission. Yeah. We're looking for ways that you can contribute to the class, and that can come in ways uh, that are very related to engineering or related to the arts or something completely different. What are the questions? Um, so when I was in Seattle about two weekends ago, um, so hello to all my Pacific Northwest people. Um, <laughs> even though oh, Michael is from the Pacific Northwest, <laughs> I was the one that actually went. Um, she stole my shout out. <laughs> I hung out with Michael's parents. Um, I didn't. I but <laughs> Did you? No. Um, that would have been weird. But I kind of want to see that happen. I want to yeah. see pictures. It's like a... Without like Thanksgiving Michael. dinner without Michael, but you're there instead. But I'm there instead. Yeah, she waited like until it. the podcast to break it to us. <laughs> they like me better. <laughs> um, but so in Seattle, it was <laughs> it was a great great audience. It was a really big group. Um, yeah, the biggest group I had had. Yeah. Um, and so one question though that I, that I got pretty pretty frequently as I was uh, prepping to go inside was if students actually got admitted directly to their engineering program that they uh, applied yeah. to. And the answer is yes. Yes, you get admitted right to your program that you're applying to. On your very first day of classes as an undergraduate student, you should be in an intro to whatever your major is. You'll start meeting faculty members. And uh, it's, it's, we start you there right away, engineering classes from, from day one. Yeah, and I think that this also is 
most of the things that we have to address in our frequently asked questions are the opposite of what other engineering schools do. Yes. And other engineering schools may do one of two things. It may you directly to the major if you're choosing with a in an impacted program that will have very limited chances of admission, more so than applying to something else at the university, which is that other question that we handled a little bit ago. But then also lock you into that program mm-hmm. with no flexibility. And another engineering school will sound really attractive to a student because they aren't admitted directly to a major. They're admitted to pre-engineering or general engineering, and they get told, well, this is a great opportunity for you to take prerequisites and not have to choose. And and one might sound better than another, and we offer neither. We admit directly to the major of their choosing, where they take actual engineering courses related to their major immediately when they get here for the purposes of immersing themselves in that curriculum so that they can actually learn what it's about. Because prereqs are actually just some of the same classes they've been taking through high school. More advanced mathematics, more advanced science classes. And while that might sound attractive to the student that we talked about earlier, which is I don't know whether I want to study engineering, well, those classes aren't going to answer that question. They're just going to lock that student further into a path into something that they don't know what they want to do. And so if we keep going back to that first question, that student that knows that they love biology and is thinking about biomedical engineering, and they take nothing but biology and calculus classes for the first two years, what happens when they don't like biomedical engineering when they get in it? Well, they're stuck at that point. So we want to fix that by adding biomedical engineering up front, an opportunity to change their major, because the little secret about our application process is while they will be admitted directly to the major of their choosing, uh, they have flexibility in that if they don't like that class, they actually have been also admitted to all of our engineering majors, and they can change their mind. And so if they want to, after that first semester, realize that they don't want to study biomedical engineering, but they'd rather go to chemical engineering or civil engineering or environmental engineering or whatever it's going to be, they can and still be on track to graduate in our, in our four-year plan. Yeah, and I think that this ties into something that you touched on a little bit is this idea of impacted programs. And uh, students will ask, well, computer science, that must be really popular. Yeah. Uh, should I... Uh, should I apply to another major? And this goes all the way back to what we said at the beginning about like strategizing the application Uh uh and that this actually puts you at a disadvantage to try to strategize because that lowers your authenticity. Mm -hmm. Um, So the real answer is, what are you into? What are you interested in? Because your chances of being admitted are no different regardless of the major that you choose. Um, But if you're trying to strategize the application, uh, I think that it's, it's harder to be admitted because then you're not being yourself. And then when you're not being yourself, you're not putting your best foot forward. Totally. And I think just stressing again, um, because even when I tell students and parents that we don't have any impacted majors, if you're admitted to one program, you're admitted to all of them, um, I get a follow-up question, which is, well, which program's harder to get into? Mm -hmm. None of them. (laughs) (laughs) As I previously stated, um, we don't have any impacted majors. One program is not harder to get into than the others because if you're admitted to one, you are admitted to all of them and you can change your major within Viterbi whenever you want. Yeah, we have to remind ourselves that our process here is very unique and almost every other engineering school does it a different way. And so when they visit 10 schools, nine schools tell them, here's the impact, here's the admit rate, here's the hard major, here's our you know, yada, yada, yada. And then they come to us and, and we're speaking a completely different language. It's It's almost hard to believe. <laughs> so we have to kind of like, no, 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 I get it. I get it, but no, we're, we're different. That's why they think we're talking in code. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, all of this is true because we have such a competitive admission process. 
And because we're only seeking to enroll a small amount of students, we're not a public institution. We're a private institution. We're only seeking to enroll 410 first-year students every single year. Um, we get an applicant pool of nearly 14,000 applications last year. I don't know how many we're going to have this year, but hopefully as much or if not more. Um, and an admit rate that's, that hovers around 10%. That's, that's just hard. And, and nothing is, is going to be more difficult than that. That's, that's already harder than most of these other impacted programs uh, that they're looking at at other universities. And so they should just realize that the bad news is that it's just hard to get into USC. And that's, that's rough. What else? Hey everyone, this is Paul. Sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know about a new feature we just unlocked. It's about sending us questions or comments via text. If you go to your podcast player, check the show notes. There's a link there that says, send us a question or comment. It may be on our next episode. So go in there, send us a little quick text message. Let us know what your questions are. Let us know what your comments are. We'd love to hear from you. So we can't wait to see it. Now back to the episode. Um, I've been getting a lot of questions and this doesn't really have to do with admission, but just a lot of questions um, about whether, and I don't know if it's just students in Chicago have a lot of interest. You but, just got back. And I just got back. So it's on my mind and I've gotten emails from students I met in Chicago uh-huh. who have emailed me uh-huh. already. Um, can I double major and minor? Can I major in double minor? Yeah. Can I triple major and triple minor? Sure. <laughs> Which you can, you are allowed to, mm-hmm. we will let you. Um, but I think students really need to, to think about uh, how that will impact their, their graduation rate or their graduation time, mm-hmm. time to graduation. Um, that's what I'm trying to say. Um, our how program, long do you spend here? How, long, how much time you want to spend on campus with us? Right. <laughs> USC taking classes. Um, yes, students can double major. They can add minors. And, and we really encourage them to continue their interest in other areas. Just how, you know, maybe you don't have a huge STEM background, but you're an art student or you're a musician or you really like business or politics. We want to encourage you to continue to explore those, those areas of interest. Um, but understanding that the more structured curriculums you add to your time will extend your graduation can date. Extend so your it can extend your time. It yes. can I extend your will. It can extend. Um, but also for students to think about other ways that they can incorporate those interests without being in a structured curriculum path. So if you're interested in, in government, become part of student government. If you're interested in music, join the marching band. You don't necessarily have to pursue a minor or a major in that area, but you can if you want to. Yeah. I mean, you guys get this question a lot, right? Yeah, all the time. Um, I have students who say that, and a lot of times they're interested. Sometimes they, they, they ask if they can double major in two different engineering fields. Maybe they want to do biomedical engineering and industrial and systems engineering. And mm. my answer is usually the same with that, where it's like, you can, yes, you can. And we will gladly, <laughs> yes, you know, see you, you as long can. as you want to be here. Um, you know, but it, it's likely going to take longer than the four year time span that, that most students expect to graduate in. Yeah. I mean, w- one of the most attractive things about USC and studying engineering here is that it's a top notch engineering program. You get a great technical engineering degree that's on par with any of the other top rated engineering programs. We're, we're a good engineering school. Just like all the other ones they're looking at, that's the reason they, they want to apply to us. But I think what's unique to us is that in addition to having this fantastic program that one is already built into a four-year plan, which is different than most other engineering programs, is that you have the opportunity to pull from the rest of the university in any level of depth or breadth that you'd like to. Um, number one, we, we force that upon students through a, 
a very broad general education program that covers courses in humanities and liberal arts and social issues. The ability to communicate effectively is incredibly important for an engineering student. And the fact that we're going to make them take those courses in addition to writing and communication courses is going to be critical to their engineering education. Um, and inside of those courses, students can kind of tailor, personally tailor the, the course selection based on interests that they have. And sometimes when I ask a student, okay, great, what would you like to minor in? They start laying out things uh, like political science or linguistics or sociology or psychology or um, some sort of language. And, and, and most of these courses are actually found in our general education curriculum. So I often tell students, great, you can, you can kind of hand tailor your general education courses around those interests and usually find or satiate that, that desire uh, to, to, to do those things in addition to your engineering degree with no extra work because the general education requirements are built into your curriculum. Beyond that, students are regularly, or engineering students are regularly majoring in engineering and minoring in another thing across campus, and, and typically doing that in four years. Um, minors are anywhere from four to six classes, uh, and, but so it depends on the minor that you're actually choosing in addition to the major. Um, but students are regularly doing that minor and doing that in, in a four-year time span. And if a student wants to do a, an additional bachelor's degree, well, technically, that's at least an additional 32 units of upper division coursework on top of your first degree. That's at least another year. So what we, we tend to tell students is that if you're thinking about two bachelor's degrees, your first being engineering, then that's likely going to be a five-year program. Now, now that said, there are, we've seen students more frequently doing that in less time, but I never want to make that a promise, make that a plan. Uh, it is possible, but I want students to think that any two degrees are going to be a, a five-year program. And, and oftentimes students will come in saying, you know, okay, great. Well, I'm still, you know what, I'm the honor student. And, and this is another thing that this came up actually in, in my New York program. Um, and uh, I, I, was, I was poking fun at, at, at the group because <laughs> uh, they were asking questions that were, it was making clear to me that they self-identified as we're better students than everyone else. And I don't mean that negatively, it's just they are. And that's what all of our engineering students are is that they're the ones that are always been doing the hardest work at their high school. They've been in the most rigorous track. They've always done more than anything has ever been asked of them. And so when they look at college, they'll ask questions like, okay, so uh, how many degrees can I get in the four years? And how many honors programs can I be involved in? And, uh, you know, adding up all this stuff and what they don't realize is that, you know, I get it. You, that's, that's your background, but that's the background of all of our students in our program just on its own is an honors program with only 410 students in the first year. That's the size of other honors programs that they're looking at with our classes being taught by faculty and the rigor of our coursework and how hard it's going to be. That is the rigor of an honors program. Doing more than that is not about doing more because you feel like you're supposed to because of your status, but doing more should be something that is an interest of yours, whether that's a casual interest. Like, I don't know. I thought I might want to take a political science class. That sounds interesting. Or I have a deep passion for language and linguistics. And I want to be the next person to create this new language for whatever James Cameron's next movie is going to be. And so all of a sudden taking linguistics classes from the faculty member that actually did that here at USC, that would be an awesome experience. Cool. Minoring in, you know, majoring in electrical engineering, minoring in linguistics. Maybe you start coupling that up with research related to speech recognition and uh, signal and image processing that's working in the sale lab. That's Dr. Narayanan's lab and Sri Narayanan where he does a lot of work with media and speech recognition and, and, and signal and image processing. That's awesome. If you've got that plan up front, go for it. 
But sometimes, and I always tell students, so whatever your plan is, three majors, two minors, the answer is yes, you can. That's why I love that. Yes, you can. You can do that. <laughs> um, but your first semester at USC is all going to start exactly the same. In, in, in essence, you're each going to take five classes, an introduction to your engineering discipline that we talked about earlier. Uh, hopefully a, a good majority of you will be taking our engineering academy class, which is a non-discipline specific to engineering, excuse me, non-discipline specific introduction to engineering, where you are learning more about the problems related to engineering and working across disciplines to solve those. You're going to take a math class because none of you are done with math. Uh, you're going to take a general education course and you're likely going to take some sort of writing class. So that's roughly the five classes that you'll take. Every major is slightly different, but that's five. And you say, but wait, 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 what about my linguistics minor? I need to get started on that. And I said, no. <laughs> your first semester yep. is about getting your feet underneath yourself, getting started. Go take those classes. That's a full load. Then you come back. And right now is October, right? So all of our first-year students are coming in for academic advising for their spring semester. And in our notes, we'll have, oh, hey, you were interested in that linguistics minor, right? All right, so you're doing your electrical engineering major. Uh, let's sit down and map out how we're going to add in these six classes related to linguistics into your career, into your plan. And a good portion of our students will say, oh, no, 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 no. I'm good. I got plenty of work here. Those five, <laughs> those five were good. We don't need to add anything else onto that. And some will say, yeah, give it to me. Let's go. Or other variables will come into play. Like our first question. Oh, what if I don't like electrical engineering anymore? What if I'm going to change that? So most of the questions related to minors or double majors are all contingent on you having a lockdown anchor of your first major. And most of the students that I tend to get that ask this question are usually the same one that, you know, five minutes earlier asked, how do I, how would I go about changing my major? Or I'm unsure of my major. And so I usually call them out and be like, oh, you're already choosing your second major, but you haven't figured out your first one yet. Let's, let's, re let's remember <laughs> that. So bottom line, students can do whatever they want and we're going to help them. And there's no better place than USC to do that because there's so many different options here. But uh, things will change, and, and students will go in different directions. And, and they also might find more interests, like linguistics and poli-sci and music and theater. And, oh, they want to take that cinema class, that, that, that Thursday night at the movies class, or they want to take that Beatles class, that, that sailing class that's always really popular. And in order to do that, maybe they say, maybe I don't want my minor, but I will have jumped around the entire university. And that's still a great value. So. That piece that you said about using GEs to sort of like work in your favor of taking class that interests you, um, just as a cute story, this last summer when we were helping students register for classes at orientation, there was one student where he was determined to take this dance class that also counted as a GE, and he built his entire first semester schedule around wow. taking this dance class. He says, when I am not doing engineering, I want to be dancing. And he did not have any dance experience whatsoever, but he made it work. <laughs> So he's that passionate about dance, but he's, he's <laughs> about that one class. Okay. Well, it worked then. It did work. It worked for Great. him. He built his schedule around that one class. He said, I will be taking this class. Well, that's the way to go. Yep. Yeah. And if students want to see an example of what's really realistic, I'd highly encourage them to check out Viterbi Voices. Yeah. So just go to viterbivoices.usc.edu. It's our student website. And you'll see lots of examples of students' majors, they're minors, they're student orgs in engineering, outside of engineering. If they're doing research, if they're doing internships, they have a lot of content up there where they can talk about it. But it's really hard to gauge uh, what is realistic in college until you get here. And as a high school student, this is especially hard to understand when there are so many things you can get involved in, and it's not 
that hard to get involved in all of those things. You can be part of tons and tons of different clubs. You can, there is no major, so you're taking classes from a wide variety of different disciplines. But uh, in engineering, you do start to specialize a little bit, and we do encourage you to get involved in other things. But I think that it helps to see an example of what that means right. and to see, okay, the student has a major, they have a minor, they're part of these student organizations, they're part of research, there are only so many hours in the day. Yeah, you have to choose. Yeah. And I think um, a lot of our students have a plan. They like to plan. They're engineers. They're structured. They have what they're going to do. Before they uh, get here. Before they even get right. here. Before they've even solidified their first major. They've, they've got their grad degree figured out. <laughs> what job. And they're getting the MBA and yeah. their MD at totally. the same time. Totally. Um, and just, I think, as advice to students who are going through this process i know that the application process to college is stressful you are stressed out of your minds you're overwhelmed you're filling out applications deadlines are coming up um and so just focusing on on that and understanding that everything else what you're going to get involved in your second major your third minor research you're going to get involved in all of those things that you think you want to do may stay things you want to do there's a really good chance they're going to change. Mm -hmm. And maybe you think you want to do research and that's the number one thing on your list of uh, things a university has to have. And then you start doing research and three weeks in, you're like, oh, this isn't for me. Exactly. <laughs> so understanding that that those ideas can change. Um, kind of a, a funny story, again, when I was in Chicago with, with Risa, um, <laughs> her, her son is uh, an engineer here and he... Uh, is the lead on the RPL team, and he chose USC because of our the ability to do undergraduate research. It's what he wanted to do. He has not stepped foot in a research lab since he's been here, and he's a senior graduating, not because <laughs> he couldn't, but because he found Rocket Lab, and that is what he yeah. has focused on. And he and it's basically a research lab, but it's run by students, not a faculty member. Um, and so that is what he has spent all his time on. And so understanding your your interests could change, what you want to pursue could change, and having sort of that open mind and not a set. You're talking about Neil, right? I am talking about Neil. Okay, so so Neil. So this is the, <laughs> this is the best part about it. I remember talking to Neil about this when he was four in high years school. ago. <laughs> and no, it was longer than that okay. because. Risa brought him by when he's like a sophomore. Yeah. Neil, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but I'm outing you right now. <laughs> and I remember the hardcore element of like research and research and research. And we talked about so many different options. And I said, or you're not going to want to do it. And that was like, no, that's not going to be the case. How, how dare you? How dare you suggest that? How dare you suggest that my plan is wrong? <laughs> and, and it's like, yeah, dude, you might find something else. And he, then he, he found did. Rocket Lab. It, it's just, it's just the, the idea that like, you know, I, I think engineers in general, prospective engineers, students that are thinking about engineering, goes back to that quantitative element. They tend to be quantitative. And they want to think about their, their life as something that, that they can formulaically lay out. They could, they could lay out this plan, this equation of I'm going to do this, then that, then this, then that, and that will equal something in the future. And uh, what they don't, and they think that this idea of like, oh, life just happens and you, you just go with the wind and see what happens. They think that's what's for liberal arts majors. You know, everybody, the other friends that are undeclared, like that's fine for them. That's not what I do because I, I plan my life. And what they don't realize is that engineers probably have more shifts and turns in their life because as they learn more, they discover more things about themselves. Uh, they, they create new interests. Uh, they go on a divergent path. They acquire a new skill set that gets applied in a new way. And more specifically with engineering as a technology, or, or as it's manifested in technology, 
new things will be created that have never existed before. And so they're going to take different paths in different ways. And, and it's just, just go with the flow, man. <laughs> just <laughs> go at so it and funny. see what happens. It's so funny because I feel like I like to talk about um, Derek a lot of times in the Meet USCs because yeah. he is an industrial and systems major. But yeah. He does research in the environmental labs just because he likes it. Yeah. Just because he thinks it's interesting. Yeah. Um, and so he never came in thinking he was going to do research that way mm-hmm. and teachers sort of stumbled upon it, stumbled upon it. And it was just something that he's really grown to, to enjoy being part of. And he's not even part of the discipline at all. Yeah. It's just something he does on the side because he likes it. Right. And it's okay to have these experiences that aren't specifically pointed toward one thing. Uh, I remember a story a long time ago of a student. She's long since graduated, but she came in uh, so hardcore hell bent on med school. I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a surgeon. And that's what I'm going to do. And I remember our, we'll have to talk about Expo in a little bit, but she came up to me at Expo and pulled me aside after a long presentation. They like grilled me with questions. You know, she's one of those students that comes up, you know, these students come up with a notebook, (laughs) you know, like I have many questions. I'm like, oh no, here comes one of those. (laughs) (laughs) And, and it was like, had like the questions and like the spaces for the answers. So she was like taking notes while standing in front of me. I said, okay, yeah, go for it. What would you like to talk about? And she was asking me all these questions related to uh, medical research and the biomedical engineering degree and preparation for medical school and the MCAT and yada, 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 yada. And, you know, yes, our biomedical engineers are well prepared to go to medical school. They have great, you know, possibilities in their future. They're sometimes more attractive than other regular science majors because they have more of the application-based knowledge and they have a more rigorous curriculum. We talked about these things. She comes in, she starts studying biomedical engineering, uh, biomedical engineering. So she starts studying biomedical engineering. She gets into it and around end of freshman year, going into sophomore year, she starts recognizing that the classes that she's taking are interesting to her when it comes to the mechanical aspects of it, like prosthetics or any types of medical technology that are, that are physical in nature. And she starts really enjoying the application of her physics classes because they're much more advanced in engineering level physics than in high school. And she just starts getting her head turned a little bit. And so she starts talking to her advisor and then she realizes, well, I'm going to, she's going to shift her major and where she was focused on biomedical pointing towards med school. She's still pointing towards med school, but she's going to have the mechanical engineering emphasis. So that starts introducing mechanical engineering classes into her schedule. She starts taking mechanical engineering classes, you know, statics, dynamics, thermodynamics. um, And she starts realizing this is really interesting. I like where this is going. Then she's at a career fair and she starts talking to Lockheed Martin. And Lockheed Martin says, you know, if you want to come work here, you're really awesome. You, you really should probably have a mechanical engineering degree based on what you want to do. And also, in what you're saying to me, you sound like you enjoy mechanical engineering. Um, and so at the, at the end of sophomore year, changes to mechanical engineering, goes and interns at Lockheed Martin, has been working there ever since. I think she graduated in 2004. Uh, she's been working at Skunk Works doing top secret technology and, and defense systems for Lockheed Martin. Uh, and has never looked back. But I, whenever I see her, I always remind her, I'm like, do you remember that day where you came up to me? She's like, oh, no. And we're asking about medical school. How did medical school turn out? And is she any less successful? No. I mean, she, she found what she got interested in and passionate about long after high school and is, is doing great. I've seen that path before, too. Yeah. With adding the mechanical. And they're like, oh, wait, this is what I like. Oh, wait, I didn't know this existed. Right. I just like biology in high school. I think that's more common than a student coming in, knowing exactly what they want to do and graduating with their plan just 
completely unblemished. Just they hit, yeah. they checked off every box they thought they would when they were 18. Yeah. I think that's actually really uncommon when a student will do that. Totally. I mean, I make the example that like industrial and systems engineers, we rarely get people interested in that because it's just, it's not really well known. It has a weird name. It doesn't sound really cool <laughs> for those of you that are interested. It's really a combination of engineering and business. And if you're looking at combining uh, efficiency towards business and engineering and mathematical modeling, Industrial and systems engineering is the way to go. But we rarely get an incoming class that's really large, maybe somewhere around 15, 20 each year because it's just the interest in the applicant pool is not there. Um, that's fine. But we graduate like 75 to 80 every single year. It's mm-hmm. so like, where do they come from? <laughs> <laughs> it's like people find their way to different majors all the time. And that that what we call internal migration, that, that change of major from one thing to the next happens all over the board. And that's also why when you go back to like our questions of going back on each other impacted programs. I mean, if we locked people into their major, they would not be successful and that would not help with us. So we know that people are going to be flexible. If we said that we had a certain amount of admits per major, that would, that would decrease our level of success of our current students. We want students to have flexibility to do well and to get out there and just, you know, engage. And hopefully that's going to create a a better engineer at the end of the day. So another question that I sometimes get that, that kind of surprises me sometimes, but then I look at our Quantitative students. Like you jump back, you get like super yeah, scared. Yeah, jump back. Like in, like in Footloose when the guy says, there's no dancing here. And Kevin Bacon goes, jump back. Is he surprised? Um, anyway. I've never seen Footloose. <laughs> anyway. Um, I just like the story with like no intonation. And it's a Stacey story. <laughs> and then 100%. says, jump back. You can take that out. Um, no, anyway. it's saying it. <laughs> So wait, let me ask you. So it was surprising like that, or was it surprising as if like I don't know Joe Jonas comes up and asks you this question? Oh, I can't talk about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got so bright red. I was just oh my god. Um, so Joe Jonas, if you're listening, <laughs> Stacy. Stacy has something to say to you. I can't. Um, so the real question that students ask me that makes me jump back sometimes, like, like Joe of, Jonas. Like <laughs> it's a diff. Okay. Um, they ask about the quick takes actually a lot on oh the application, gosh, yeah, and so something yeah. that I find Explain that I what never the quick takes are. So quick takes are the the short uh, like one word questions that appear on the application. Things like what's your favorite food? What's your hashtag? So what's your favorite song? So things that are very brief and just sort of first thing that comes to your mind, getting to know you a little bit more. Um, students think we are also talking in code for those questions. Like they, there's an answer. Well, the like answer is pizza. <laughs> um, best band ever is the Jonas Brothers. Obviously. Um, but students, <laughs> Unless I read your application. <laughs> yeah, if it's me, then yeah. But that's what they really think. They think a lot of times that there is a correct answer to these questions, and, and there's not. It's really just about getting to know you. They they wonder if we're going to listen to the song that they send, um, you know, that they put on there as their favorite song. To judge song. their musical... <laughs> I'm not judging your musical taste. taste. I'm, I'm. If you like the Jonas Brothers, great. If you don't, that's fine. Best movie you, of all time. Footloose. <laughs> In concert. I thought it was Jumanji. <laughs> the best movie of all time. Yeah. That's Nick Jonas. Oh, so that's the oh wait. Jonas. Oh my God. Oh, okay, so Joe is the yeah. one. You look like a fool right now. I, I don't look like a fool. <laughs> I don't care. Paul, Paul should not know all the Jonas if Brothers' favorite movies. They, I'm playing along. I don't, <laughs> Stacey, I don't care. When we have this conversation with the Jonas Brothers, I want to be clear. I don't care. And I care too much. <laughs> to the point that you're like, you look like a fool right now. <laughs> to give some context to our very confused listeners, Stacey just saw the Jonas Brothers in concert. She's so. a huge fan. I was totally fine without the context. <laughs> I like, argue about the Jonas Brothers all day. <laughs> and I will do it. Um, but yeah, so quick takes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I 
they're on the application and there are no right or wrong answers. They should not be something that's stressful. They should be something that's yeah. fun. In other words, like we're having now, like have fun with it. Like, tell us what you like. Tell us what's interesting to you. Um, there, there's no way. I mean, it just helps us with a little bit. It's a little sprinkle of personality. Great. And that even goes in for the short answer questions in the essay. There is no, no right yeah, yeah. answer. Um, those are our way to get to know you because for the majority of you, uh, the students that apply, we don't, we don't get to meet them. We don't yeah. get to meet our applicants. The only context we have about you and your interests and what you want to get involved in is through these short answer questions in the essays. So, um, there's no right answer. There's just your answer. And so that's what we're looking for. Right. Let's do one more. Yeah. So I think this is almost definitely our most common question on the web chat and emails at events is what are the minimum GPA and SAT yeah, I think scores? you got it like three times today. Yeah. I was watching the web and chats go by. All the time. And it's 4.8. 4.8. 4.8. Unweighted, obviously. 1750? Unweighted. 4.8. Nothing lower, nothing higher to exactly. <laughs> You must hit that number. Yep. Um, but this I just goes for the podcast <laughs> to cut out right there. <laughs> just be done. And that's it. Um, it, we've talked about how engineering students are really quantitative and, and I think that this is the most perfect example of that where they think, okay, I need to get a certain number. Uh, but when it comes to, uh, students that get admitted and students that do not get admitted, there is not a significant difference in the numbers. Yeah. Um, and it just goes to show that the differentiating factors are not the quantitative ones. Uh, they are the subjective ones. Again, you're contributing to the student body in some way. We want to hear about it, uh, hear how you're going to do that, what you're interested in, what you're passionate about. Um, I think that word passion is thrown around a lot in yeah. admissions and in advice, but there's a reason why. Uh, the best way for us to predict what uh, you're going to do when you come to USC, if you're going to get involved, if, if you're going to uh, have some sort of passion project or something that you're really interested in or that you really love, uh, is to see what you already are interested in and what you love to do in high school. So I think that if students would focus more on the essays and the letters of recommendation uh, in the next few months, these are the things you have the most control over. So hopefully it's empowering to hear that. I hope it's not too stressful. I know that writing is not necessarily all of your uh, favorite subject, but uh, when it comes to the application, this is a very human process. This is a very subjective process. We have a small team. We read all the applications, uh, and the essays make a big difference. Well, yeah, when, when we say we read all the applications, that's a combination of us and the uh, obviously the Office of Admission. Uh, there's no way that four of us could read all the applications. So just to, to clarify. It's just me. It's just you. <laughs> it's just we, we lock them in his office. I, I hate to break it to everybody. It's just me. <laughs> so those vacation days we just granted. No, just read it more applications. And just. don't get the quick takes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I, w I would be I would be even bolder. And, and I would say that uh, I often tell students, your GPA doesn't matter. And what I mean by that is that it doesn't tell us enough. As a number, it it would make sense and it would be so much more easier for us to be able to just take these data points and throw them on a spreadsheet and sort to make admission decisions or, or do spreadsheet evaluation of our admission process. And most of the questions that we get tend to revolve around this, this uh, assumption that the decisions are made on a spreadsheet and we have no such spreadsheet. There's no way to do that because someone, every school is different. Number one, number two, your GPA doesn't tell us what classes you're taking. 
And so we need to know what classes you're taking. That level of rigor is important to us. And then specifically, like, did you take calculus? You can have a 4.8 with no calculus. Highly unlikely we're going to be able to admit you because you haven't met your preparation standards that we talked about earlier. So it's about doing well. 3.7, 3.8, you know, uh, you know in, in, in hard classes, that sounds great. And that's about exactly where our average is. And that's where students do uh, get admitted and not, and that's the next question that you, the thing you brought up, which is, this is the preparation standard. This is not the way to get admitted. And we make admission decisions based on all that subjective stuff. So about 75, and we looked at it, about 70, 75% of our applicant pool has all the things that we look for in a candidate, meaning that they're prepared. But when we have an admit rate hovering around 10%, it's not about that anymore. Uh, and so when everyone has these great qualifications, they tend to cancel each other out. And so what we want to do is look beyond that. And that's why short answers and the essays and all of their writing prompts and responses and whether they pick the right Jonas brother on the quick take, <laughs> that, that's going to be Hard important. To do. There is a right answer. Yeah. By the way, how many damn Jonas brother comments did <laughs> you get on the application this year? And I blame myself. I yeah, blame myself. It. I didn't bring it. I was just talking about Footloose. <laughs> I was talking about Kevin Bacon. <laughs> I'll tell you what, we can talk about Kevin Bacon for days. That's He's a whole cool. other conversation. He's cool. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so I think that's a good opportunity. Did you? Did we lose you, Becky? <laughs> Becky's falling over. She's not on the mic anymore. She's I'm having back. a giggle. I'm back. I'm good. <laughs> uh, that's a good place to stop. Thanks, guys. Thanks for playing along. Thanks for having us. Yeah, word. Thanks for having us on the podcast. <laughs> All right, that was fun to listen. All to. of your answers. <laughs> and my favorite part was our little offshoot into the Jonas Brothers. I should have brought that up in the intro. Wow, did you go to the concert? <laughs> I did not. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't I love, know. I love how that's your answer. <laughs> Stacy went to the concert. She's okay. been talking about it for months. Makes sense. And I called her out on it, and it's fun. So that's my favorite part. Um, so... Hopefully those are great. Now, if you have other questions, if there's other things that you want to get to know, I think there's a couple things that you should be aware of. Number one, um, there will be opportunities to ask us questions at our upcoming events, right? So we have the Viterbi Expo on Saturday, November 16th. And that's as, that's a part of the overall USC campus-wide open house called Discover USC. Um, there is our website. Our website, when we're in the office, we have a live chat client. You can go in and ask your question, and we're always there answering qu questions in there. Um, you can email us at vadmit, that's V as in Victor, A-D-M-I-T at USC.edu, vadmit at USC.edu, and we'll be happy to get back to you. You can give us a call at 213-740-4530 if you have questions about the admission process or the engineering school. We're always happy to help you. Or on our website, there's also a form where you can fill out a question if you want to do that. Um, so if there's anything else that you need to know, please go ahead and do that, but also come to our events and learn more about the process. It really helps you get a feel for this place and whether this is the, uh, uh, an institution that you want to submit an application for, uh, you know, you're, 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 you're wading through lots of different schools and we want to be able to help you figure out whether this is the right place. Yeah, absolutely. And to get a little bit of the student perspective too, um, there are a lot of students at USC and we sort of share our lives with um, anyone interested in USC. So you can find us on social media, on Instagram at, at Viterbi Student or online, our podcasts, of course, Viterbi Voices. If you're listening, you're familiar with it, mm -hmm. SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um, and we're all really responsive to questions about anything. So reach out to us as well. Absolutely. We'll see you next time. Great. Thanks. Thanks.